We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why... When it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show. With your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 403. I almost forgot the intro because I haven't been on for two weeks. So I kind of like, wait, what do I normally say? What's anyway, the name of the show again? I'm back. Scott, what's up? And really, it's episode 404 because we didn't number the Jeter episode. And we've probably done that with others in the past, so really it's probably like 410, for all we know. Yeah, no, we've done it for a, a whole bunch of them. For some reason, we didn't number the ones, like, the, the, the special episodes don't get numbered. I don't know why we do that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, We don't know why we do half the shit we do. 
That's true. That is very true. Well, welcome back, man. I'm glad you're uh, glad you're back. Thanks. I know you had a great time. Uh, tell the people a little bit, I guess, about New Zealand. What's up with that place? It, yes, I will. First, we're brought to you today by Bet Online. You'll hear more about that later in the show, but that's what we're brought to you by. New Zealand was uh, amazing. It um, first of all it was nice to check out for two weeks. And we arrived, and it was the the day before all the Astros stuff came out. Right. So yeah, yeah. I was just curious about the punishments and everything. So I was, like, scrolling through Twitter. And the, the, the time difference is – it's a weird time difference. It's a day ahead. It's, it's 18 hours difference from the East Coast, but a day ahead, 18 hours. So, you know, it's a different day, but really stuff is coming out at a normal time because that's really only, like, a six-hour difference if, if – if, if that makes if sense. The, if the day were the same, yes. Yeah. So uh, I was like trying to catch. I was trying to catch up on everything, and I was I was refraining from actually putting my two cents out there. But I just wanted to know what was happening, and I found myself like on Twitter for like forty five straight minutes, just reading through things. And I was like, "What the hell am I doing? Leanne's gonna kill me if I keep this up the whole trip." So it was at that point I just said, "Screw it. I'm not gonna follow really anything. I'll get a couple updates if." If something major happens, and then later in the trip, Kobe died, and, and that news was national news. That was all over TV stations and radio stations in New Zealand, but obviously the Astros' punishment was not over on New Zealand news news waves. But yeah, so I kind of just tried to mentally check out, and I think that I recommend that for everyone, especially if you're involved on social media a bunch. Just turn the damn thing off and focus on other things for a few days. Was New Zealand outraged that uh, Derek Jeter didn't get a unanimous vote into the Hall yeah, of Fame? Yeah, I talked to so many people about that. <laughs> and he, he, the funny thing is, I, that reminded me, I barely saw any American sports uh, paraphernalia. If I saw something, it was a Yankees hat. Right. Honestly, honestly, 99%. Yeah, I know we have some listeners out there. One of, the, one of them uh, hit one of the me up on Twitter. From the, one of them came to, came to an event a couple years ago, I think. I thought he's from Australia. It's possible. They're two very different countries, and I, yeah. I think a lot of people will just assume they're the same country. And man, I've been to both countries, and they are very, very different countries. Yeah, I know they're different countries, and I know they're they're different areas, but they're they are neighbors essentially. In it's in a the three hour world. flight. It's a three hour for, flight from Sydney to Auckland. That's, that's for us. That's a far for flight. us. For us, they're right next door, like directly next door. Sure, you, you but, zoom out on Google Maps, and oh, boom, right there. You can take a. You yeah. can swim across it. No, not so much. Right. Um, both the only, the most similar thing about the countries is the accent. <laughs> that's, that's really the, the most similar thing. Otherwise pretty opposite countries. Awesome in their own, in their own ways. But New Zealand was, it's, you can Google pictures of New Zealand and you see these amazing picturesque landscapes. And when I tell you that those pictures don't even do it half the justice that it really is in real life, like I'm telling the truth, it is stupid. Stunningly beautiful, that country. Yeah. It is yeah, insane. No, it, it doesn't make sense. It, you, you sit there, you're looking fake. at something, and you're like, it's 75 degrees and sunny, and it's hot because the sun's really hot there, but there's a glacier I'm staring at, and there's snow on the top of it, and then I can see my refre- reflection in that lake. Like That's what you're like trying to all take in in a matter of seconds. It's crazy. Isn't, isn't that where uh, Lord of the Rings was filmed? Wasn't it filmed in New Zealand? Yeah, I think it was. And that, that was like the number one question. That was the number one question that I got when I told people I was going to New Zealand. They were like, "Oh, so you big Lord of the Rings fan?" I was like, "No, nah, not really. I think I've yeah, you're, seen, go, I, you're going there just to retrace the steps." I think I've seen people do that. They have, they have, <laughs> they have. Uh, most that's of, a whole that's a whole another nerd level. There's a there's a town called Hobbiton, 
oh, in New man. Zealand, where I believe yeah. a lot of the movies were filmed. I don't know. I, I believe it was named that. I don't know these facts. There's probably people out there being like, Andrew, you're an idiot. But yeah, people go to New Zealand strictly for these tours. And they're day-long tours, week-long tours. You can, you can basically retrace the entire movies if you want to. We did none of that. We did a lot of drinking, a lot, a lot of relaxing, did a couple adventurous things, a little bit of hiking. Uh, we kind of tried to mix it up because that's like the cool thing about the country is you can go to the northern part of the North Island and you get, you get beach weather, you get beautiful oceans. It was really perfect for just lay, laying on the beach. And you can go in the South Island where it was still warm. You can swim in a lake, a really cold lake. You can do some hiking. You can see some vineyards. So we kind of tried to, to do a little bit of, of everything. Uh, the one thing I wasn't really impressed with was Auckland as a city. Just well, it didn't really have much to offer. But I think, uh, I think that's really the general consensus is that <clears throat> other than Auckland, New Zealand's amazing. Flight of the Concords, also New Zealand. I never, sure I never saw that show. That was an HBO Oof. show, right? Yeah. Oh, you're missing out. The show's hilarious. It's too many Some shows. people hate too it. Too many shows to go it. back and catch up on at this point. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, yeah, so you missed out on the uh, on the Astro stuff. Missed obviously, the, just, stuff. Just, just the things coming down. Uh, you know, we all obviously already know what, what happened. I don't think anything really new, that new came out. I think the majority of the stuff we already knew. But the amount of, um, you know, the discipline was, was the biggest thing. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts because we haven't talked about this yet. So and I know we've beaten this shit into the ground. I know you're sick of talking about it because I listened to the episodes while I was out. And you're kind of like, I guess I, I know I have to talk about it because it's the number one storyline in baseball this winter which sucks for baseball that just sucks yes. for baseball and it's irritating that, that we have to talk about the astro i'm so sick of talking about these these guys uh after we know what they did that, that's all it's just it's more of like a it, it pisses me off because they're we're talking about them that's that's more what it is yeah i i missed the most chaotic maybe 48 hours in baseball news where there was everyone was throwing shit against the wall accusing people of things like mike trout got accused of hgh um who is it mcdowell jack mcdowell who is not Jack McDowell? Jack McDowell, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Jack, Jack McDowell, McDowell like went on the radio, said Tony Tony Larusa was inventing these schemes back in the eighties. And, and if Carlos, don't forget about Carlos Beltran's fake news. Yeah, the That's, fake that was probably the best one, which is probably just uh, a player on the Astros, right? Is is that could be has anything? That been confirmed who knows? Yet? No, nobody knows anything. It, it it nobody has any idea who the who that uh, account is. So I, is attached. In to. a way, I'm glad I could just watch that from afar and and not really have to be in the muck. But so the 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 penalties, the the year long, the five million dollars is bullshit. That's the max they could get penalized. Whatever, it's it's a drop in the bucket for the Houston Astros. The the draft picks are not going to really. No one cares about the draft picks now because that doesn't affect the players that we hate on the field. But it will affect the Astros down the line. You just got to have patience with that. Maybe. The, the year-long suspension for uh, Lunhow and and um, um, Hinch. Hinch. I was actually pleasantly surprised when I saw that news because I thought baseball was going to give them like 30 games or maybe a half a season because I've just been accustomed to baseball completely screwing things up. And I so my expectations were on the floor for those punishments. So when I saw it was a, a year, I was like, huh. Manford actually that's a hefty penalty a year because then what that caused is you have to make a decision as an organization do we hang on to these guys for a year and then reinstate them while we have some uh just lame duck manager come in some some uh 
place like a band-aid manager for a year like that's a difficult organization so that's i think what the penalty did is it made the the uh the ownership of the astros have to really look at themselves and what do we want to do as an organization and they decided to move on which i think was all all part of the orchestration so if in a way you can look at it as hinch and lenhow and cora and now baltron all lost their jobs because of what they cheated in 2017. And my question to you is, don't you think MLB got what they wanted with these punishments? What does MLB want with these punishments? What are they trying to do with these punishments? They're trying to What's stop like the it. ultimate They're goal to of make these punishments? A pre- is, to stop, is to stop the actual cheating from happening. To make it penalize yeah. these teams enough so that they don't, so people think twice about it. And do you think they that, didn't accomplish that? You don't no, think so? No. I think the they Astros did. won the world. The Astros won the World Series. They won the World okay. Series. Would you not take a suspension for a year? No players no, no, get suspended. Not a suspension guys, for a year. Guys, Would you get blackballed from Major League Baseball because they Cora, didn't. Beltran, Hinch, and Lundhau are never going to get jobs in Major League Baseball again? No team is going to hire them again. Yes, they will. No, yes, I, they will. I really the, don't the think the how general could manager. You? How could the general you? manager. The general manager will not get a job again. The 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 uh, coaches well they could go to they could easily go to college Beltron if you wanted to could easily get back in college and no I one do, cares about college baseball. My point is you could get back into baseball and I do think that they would be hired on as not a manager in the beginning but they would be brought on as something at some point. I don't think they've been blackballed. I do think that well, what you're doing what, what you're seeing is exactly what Major League Baseball wanted people to see in the sense that they gave these cushy little one-year penalties, That's right? not a cushy and penalty. That's a, listen, a year. Okay, how, how long did the Braves uh, general manager get after the, um, this, the this quote, scandal he had after paying too many of the Didn't he get a uh, lifetime? Players? Lifetime. Yeah. And he had fudged some numbers to get some international signings. These guys the, orchestrated a cheating plan and won the World Series. Do you know why I think they did not get lifetime bans? is because MLB probably knows that there's a lot of other organizations that were doing something similar. So if they give all of those guys lifetime bans, then in five years they might have to give half the league lifetime bans, and they're not equipped to do that. But I think that next time using technology to cheat in a baseball game comes up in an organization, the owner, the GM, the manager, they all knew this was happening. It's bullshit if you didn't think all those guys knew it was happening. So the next time that happens, they're going to say, hey, guys, I'm not losing my job. Cut the shit. That's not it. That's not it. I, they're, they're, I they're honestly gonna... think that would happen because otherwise, if you just penalize the players like they have done for steroids, is steroids out of, are steroids out of baseball? I mean, some would say majority of steroids are out of baseball, yeah. I, I, the ones I that are being tested for the ones are, that are being tested for. I don't believe that players are no longer using performance. Those fines are drugs. extremely. I mean, that's that's a black mark on your career completely, and you get suspended for a very long period of time. It's a very similar penalty in the sense that you're you're going to get sent away for a little bit. I don't. They're think just penalizing they a different group of people. But the thing is, is the Astros already got caught. They had already been caught and and identified as as taking advantage of the system. Didn't care. Didn't matter. They, you obviously know that there will be repercussions if you get caught. They knew that you're, you're either going to get suspended for a long period of time, um, something bad will happen. So the fact that the thing that's bad that will happen was a year ban and they still won the World Series, 
I think a lot of teams and a lot of managers would make that trade. Do you think the I Yankees think next would year would make that trade? Do you think that Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone would allow that cheating to happen because they'll win the World Series in 2020, but then, put, I'm not, then I'm, lose their jobs from the Yankees? I'm not talking about specific people. I'm saying that I think a lot of people would. I don't think they would. I think, at this and I think point. the Astros did. I think the Astros made they, a very there conscious decision. There was no decision. precedent for these kinds of suspensions because the, okay, the, so no the, team had the ever minimum, been caught for this. Minimum, they're, minimum is a year. I mean, like no. if you're thinking about that, you're like, ah, probably get like half a year, maybe a year, and then we'll do it. Uh, you could just guess. I don't. You could think guess so what the minimum because were. the Red Sox got caught for using Apple Watches, and the Yankees got penalized for illegally using the Yes Network cameras. And you know what the punishment was? An undisclosed fine and a memo. So why did the Astros think that people would get fired? There's no way they thought people would lose their jobs and get suspended for a year. They thought, oh, it's just going to be another bullshit penalty like Major League Baseball always does. Until shit hits the fan because baseball doesn't react until shit absolutely hits the fan. Things need to explode in monumental fashion. There needs to be an atomic Things have to be explosion. Exploited. Things have to be exploited. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what about. has to happen. There needs Random to be an people atomic... outside baseball has to bring it up. There needs to be an atomic explosion of negative PR for, ba- for Major League Baseball to get off their ass and actually do something. Right. They will do something. They will do enough that they have so to. So did the because... Houston Astros think there was going to be that sort of explosion of... of the cheating scandal? Probably not. I don't know how you could have foreseen that happening. Even though in hindsight we say, hey, morons, it was all on camera. Every game is on. You can go on MLB.com uh, archives or YouTube archives and watch every game and hear the, the jackasses banging and whistling and all that stuff. But they're not thinking that in the moment. Yes, they are. They're thinking that they're, they're not going to get caught. That's how cocky they are. That's the problem. They were so arrogant in the sense that they, it, none of that mattered. You could have said whatever the penalty was. It wouldn't have mattered. It didn't matter. These guys were so arrogant in the sense they were banging a goddamn trash can. That's how arrogant they were. <laughs> that was. That it didn't matter. And that, like, I found I it funny care. that I found it funny that the trash can was the system that they eventually got to. That the other ones, the more subtle. And so, ones, okay, didn't so work. so what you're saying is you're going to prevent it now because you have a couple guys that are gone. Okay, now what if the players are orchestrating it? What if the because the players didn't get penalized at all? Beltron wasn't a uh, wasn't a manager. He was a he was a player, but he didn't get penalized. Yeah, I mean, I he, I, I, he I stepped see, down from his job. I do see that. I, I do understand the arguments of people saying, "How can you not punish players for this?" But but I, I think baseball's main objective with these punishments was get cheating out of the game, and and they did not do that. I, you know my feelings because we talked about it before I left for my trip how you get cheating how you get this kind of cheating out of the game is take take the technology away from the guys and i don't think they're doing that but but i think that if you had suspended uh, bregman or correa or altuve for a uh, a half a season or a quarter of a season or whatever it was and find them I still think guys like steroids are going to try and circumvent the system and try and get away with it. They're going to say, I'm not going to make the same mistake that the Houston Astros and Alex Bregman made. I'm going to make a, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out a different way to cheat. And, and don't do you think that every single manager and, no, and general because manager, now gen- managers and general managers are going to say, I'm going to lose my job and never get a job in this again. I'm going to be blackballed from my profession. If you keep doing this, stop it or you're not playing. I think there's yeah, more of that's, a, I'm that's very. I think that's very. I think that's very wishful thinking. Maybe it I think is. It's but very I think there's wishful more thinking. of a chance of that happening than if you had suspended players for a little while. That that fixing the issue. I don't think that would have fixed the issue. I don't think any of it fixed the issue. I think it was a band aid. I think it was a, it was an absolute uh, pat on the ass to the owners because uh, Manford 
had to set them up. And that's what he did. He set them up with a, a bullshit one-year penalty and allowed the Astros to then spin it into some kind of a PR move and, and fire them essentially, you know, making it longer. So I think it was a, it was a bullshit backhanded move. Um, and it was a handshake in a closed, in a closed room. I think that's what it was. I, mean, I firmly believe that. Maybe the owner wanted, wanted to fire them. Of course he did, because you wanted to save face a little bit. Of course he did. That's the only way you can make a PR move. It's the only way, by you actually doing something. You saying, oh, I didn't know about it, but we're not going to stand for it. How many of the people are still in the organization that were involved with that? I bet a lot. Yeah, all those people, anybody linked to those emails that they investigated and all that stuff need to be also fired. Um, but they're not. See, that's the thing. Like, this is not a, this was a bullshit little band-aid. I'm not saying uh, that the punishments are perfect, but I'm, but, but I'm saying that people are, I don't agree with that, the fact that the punishments were nothing. What I think is that what's unfortunate is that you're coming from a place of not believing that baseball is going to take care of it. And I think a lot of your opinion and the way that you've gotten to this point is because they did so much more than you were expecting, which was nothing. So that was yeah. it was already a broken system. And now they've come back from a broken system. Do you blame me for so thinking low. that baseball wouldn't do anything? No, but they've tricked you. They've tricked you. You've oh, fallen you, for oh, it. Okay. You have for fallen for I've it. Fallen for the they lowered the baseline. Baseball. Yeah, no, no, no. They lowered the baseline so far and like the expectations <laughs> so far that now you're like, oh, okay, they did something. This was great. That's a f- I'm not falling for it. I know what they're doing. That's a f- Can't get that shit past me. That's a funny way to look at it. Well, I think the biggest punishment of all for the Astros is that now they have to have Dusty Baker as their manager. That's going to hurt them more than anything. I can't wait till Mike Clevenger pitches against them. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking yeah, forward to you, seeing you guys if any were of these players about do these, something. These retaliations. You think that's going to happen? Because I think... Yeah, someone will be hit, but as soon as the first guy gets hit, they're not going to get hit in every city they go to because then guys are going to start getting suspended from from because there's going to be warnings. It's it's one of those things umpires know that oh yeah. you're going to want to so so it'll happen once maybe twice if some guy wants to get on Sports Center and and make the rounds on social media as a hero maybe he'll hit him a second time but then it's going to stop and and okay so you throw you throw it at Alex Bregman's uh back what does that do for you they makes still you feel better again because people are like oh it they need to vacate better. they need to vacate the world series no they still won the world series i still watched them win the world series the astros fans got to enjoy them winning that world series vacating the title does nothing for me literally it does nothing, nothing no, no, no there's no reason for that but there's it will always have this black mark on it because of what happened and that's yeah. that's and that's it will always worse, have a black mark and the red sox yeah, oh, 18 yeah. championship will now have a black mark because i think so too steve, came steve pierce is, steve pierce does not hit breaking balls that well he does not <laughs> sit back and just tee off on breaking balls out of the park i was watching some of those home runs man and i'm like this dude is just sitting there waiting for it um but no it's you know Look, I don't think they were enough. You think they were fine. It is what it is. I think that um, okay. it'll be interesting to see how things go next year. Ryan Dempster took matters into his own hands with A-Rod, so we'll see what happens this year. But you're right. It could be one time because they there may be uh, warnings issued before games are even started. I think there will be. Probably. If But 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 a guy like Mike Clevenger, who's been very vocal about it already. Yeah, Mike Clevenger. Needs to go out the, there and hit people. Uh, there's a lot of pitchers out there. And unfortunately... What you're getting is the Pandora's box. That's what that was sort of the hap, the fallout from all of this, where there was so many accusations going around. Every there was so many teams being accused of doing something, and that's the worst nightmare for Major League Baseball. Yeah, but I, they're not going to stop that. That's that if they, if that happened, it's going to come out. 
Yeah. It's going to. Did you see this Astros fan? His name is Tody Adams. He made signstealingscandal.com. And he went through every home game, every pitch, and created an algorithm to find when there was banging. Uh, Amazing. He wrote a program. He wrote, he wrote a, a no, program. No, yeah, he wrote this. a program. He still said he's, yeah. he's, he has spent over 50 hours of combing through video footage because sometimes the algorithm saw something, but it wasn't definitive, so he had to go back. And uh, it basically breaks down all of the times that there was a banging and when it started. And you can see it starts later in the season once they developed the, the trash can banging system. And I think it escalated sort of in late summer when uh, or peaked in late summer. But this is the sort of stuff that the Astros never foresee happening. Who would think that a, a fan out there will, will create a computer program to go and find every time we banged a trash can? So that's the sort of stuff they never thought could happen. Yeah, maybe they thought we'll get caught and penalized somehow, but they didn't think they'd get caught and penalized to this extent. There's no way they possibly could. So my last thing on this, the, the, the thing is disappointing to me is that baseball knew about this. And I'm not talking about baseball brass. I'm talking about baseball on the field. These guys all knew so that, that, that something like this was happening. They knew that they were stealing the signs, and, they, and I'm sure they knew how. They knew that there was noises being um, that were happening, and uh, and I, there, there just there wasn't enough done on the field. I think that the players could have policed this and actually put an end to it uh, if they had if they had all you know done something about it because. When you're on the field and you know that something like that is happening and you have a baseball in your hand, you can control a lot of things. You can do things to make people stop. You can say things that are directed towards people and knowing that, look, we're going we're gonna to do this, that, or this if, if we hear this again. And, and we're going to end up becoming like an underlying thing in baseball. It, it could have been prevented. I think it's that's some not point. the culture of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball it, is. It always of, has been. No, it, the culture changed. of Major League Baseball is don't ask, don't tell. It's, no, it's, no, that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about the players, all internally. The players knew it was happening. If the players knew it was happening, there could have been a hell of a lot more beanballs to stop this. Okay, but so, so Farquhar throws at not Farquhar. Um, yeah, Farquhar. Farquhar throws. He was like that was in the first um, sort of video that went um, out there. Of he was the one that sort of like looked around, being like, "Really, guys." So yeah, he knew. Yeah, he knew about it. If right? he had thrown it, they figured it if out. He had thrown it that batter. The question is going to be asked: Why'd you throw it the guy? Oh, right. Wait, so what's he going to say? Oh, they're banging trash cans. So he's not going to say that. He's not going to say they're cheating. Players are not going <laughs> to blow the whistle on each other. They never they're, do. They, they, they have never <laughs> in Major League Baseball. Mike Fires did. No, he's like the first one to ever do it. Mike Fires absolutely did. Right, but they, there's this culture in Major League Baseball that they just they sweep it under the rug. There's, oh, there's just a cheating culture in baseball. How can we get an edge? Pine tar, steroids, stealing signs, illegally using the video replay room, and the billion other things that we have no clue what's going on. Maybe they're using electronic buzzers. Maybe they're maybe there's smoke signal. You know, the guy's throwing up a, a towel from the dugout or from the um the bullpen out. Andrew, the, the game the game has been policed internally for years and years and years and years and years and years. No matter what was happening, if a guy was crowding the plate too much, there was there was policing. Was it police? If a guy was sliding, era? if a guy was sliding, because everybody was doing it. Uh, that's it, exactly that, what I'm saying. Everyone and that was, could if that's if if that's the reason, then then it makes more sense to me. Percent the reason. If that's the reason, then it makes more sense to me. But it seems like the way that the Astros were doing it was different. I will agree with you that the way the Astros do were they took it to another level. But, but I'm not naive enough to think that every other team is squeaky, squeaky clean out there, not illegally using these video replay rooms. I got it. All right, can we can we end this now? Can we can we stop it and 
bury it forever, please? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Jeter. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break now to tell you about our brand new sponsor, Bet Online. If you miss your opportunity to win big and bet on the Super Bowl, fear not. Blue Wire is excited to partner with Bet Online to help you win big, no matter the time of the year. It doesn't matter. March Madness is coming up, the Masters are coming up, MLB opening day is right around the corner, and Bet Online has you covered for all of your latest news, scores, and odds. It's by far the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Plus, it's never too early to lay down that future bet for Super Bowl 2021. Head over to betonline.ag, use our promo code BLUEWIRE to revive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up, and it's super easy. And if you're already making wagers, it's a fantastic way for you to support our podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word when you sign up at betonline.ag. Bring your best bets home with BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. All right, so Jeter gets one vote short of unanimous, and I'm actually surprised it was only one vote short, but the fact that it is only one, like that's, that's I think, the storyline here, is that he was one vote short. So the storyline is that Derek Jeter's a Hall of Famer. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Are you surprised that Derek Jeter's a Hall of Famer? No. No one, no one should be. We knew Derek Jeter was going to be a I'm Hall not of Famer for 15 get, years. But I'm not surprised that he didn't get unanimous vote either. But the fact that it's one guy, I think, yeah. is a story. If it was five votes short and he got 96% of the vote, then fine. Yeah, there's five assholes out there that you know have some sort of uh, philosophy why Derek Jeter's not a Hall of Famer or they want to save someone else's ballot vote or, or whatever it is. But it's one guy. One. And because, of, because, because it's only one guy, this guy will never show up. Oh, see, I'm surprised he hasn't because why else do you not vote for Derek Jeter other than to get publicity? We've talked about it a million times why they do this. Sometimes it's to get another guy to give another vote for another guy. Like, there's a million dumb reasons why they do it, and it's the system screwed up. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, yeah, but the thing is, you're not trying to get publicity because you're going to get destroyed right now. You're going to get destroyed, but there's no good reason for publicity on that. I don't see any. Why the reason why these guys yeah, stay anonymous? No, but they they don't come out most of the time. A lot of them are anonymous. They stay anonymous. So, and the um, the Hall of Fame, you know, I think the the Players Association. I'm sorry, the the Writers Association uh, asked to pass it so that they would get um, you know uh, publicized within X amount of days of, of the ballot being submitted, and the Hall of Fame knocked it down. So I, I don't think it's ever going to come out. If it does, it's this guy slipping or. I'd be very surprised. I get the Hall of Fame debate. Is a guy 100%? Is a guy, you know, is he 75%? Is he 85%? Whatever it is. There's some guys who are not, in my opinion, unanimous Hall of Famers. In my opinion, Derek Jeter is a unanimous Hall of Famer. It's not just about the stats. It's about what you represented in that era of baseball. But I think there's there's just ridiculous, countless ridiculous uh, instances and I just went back like 20 years and I found a few guys that I think it just... I, I don't think there can be an argument that these following players are not unanimous Hall of Famers. And let me know if you disagree with any of them. Ken Griffey Jr., Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, Greg Maddox, Ricky Henderson, Tony Gwynn, Cal Ripken Jr. Those are guys that we all watched play for a significant portion of their career. There, some can, You can argue, oh, Greg Maddox is a better pitcher than Pedro Martinez or vice versa, or Ricky Henderson's better, blah, blah, blah. But in my opinion, all unanimous Hall of Famers. And some of them got 91, Pedro Martinez, 91%. So almost 9% of people don't think Pedro Martinez is a Hall of Famer. 
There's nine. But again, that, but that's, that's not stupid. But that's not. But that's not the reason. That's not. That's not always the reason. We, we've again. We've talked about why. I know there's a bunch of to keep these guys. Okay, yeah, I'm trying to make it simplistic though. But I know, but that's. But that, I think what that does though is it. It, it, it doesn't. It, it skirts away from the fact that this the, the voting system broken. itself the system's absolutely broken. broken. And the reason why they do this for some reasons are actually valid reasons in some people's head, and it has nothing to do with their, if they're a Hall of Famer or not. It has everything to do with they're going to get in anyway. Yeah. And I'm not going to waste my vote. I'm going to put my vote in this guy's camp so that he has another year to campaign. I almost and wish they didn't release right. these percentages. Yeah, I wish they didn't either. Either it he would passed make, the vote. It's a pass-fail. Right. And gives then, everybody another narrative. And then you know, I guess, if a guy doesn't get in on his first ballot, then he's not... It, like Larry Walker has sort of gotten in over time. So you know, okay, Larry Walker was on the cusp. But if a guy gets in but, on but his... You don't know, but you wouldn't know he was on the cusp then if they didn't do the... If they didn't release the percentages... You would because a lot of he that, didn't get in on first ballot. I understand that, but I'm saying you wouldn't know what his percentages no, is. You would, every time we... We're like climbing at the percentage. We're looking at this guy is is within striking range of getting in this but year. But what I'm saying so is maybe he'll get in. If you're not first ballot and you get in on second, third, fourth, tenth ballot, then you're on the cusp. You're on the you're on the borderline because otherwise right. you would have been in already. So that's all I'm right, saying. Right, but I'm saying the, but the campaigning comes the campaigning boils comes down to and the percentages. See, so I've actually come around on one thing where as if a guy is if it's not a yes or no in the first year, then like, why can you get in on your 10th year? But I have actually, because perspective matters and looking back and putting things in context matters and also statistics have evolved over time. So you can look at different statistics of a guy in a different era that maybe you didn't value in his era. And oh, he was a really good on-base percentage guy and that wasn't as valued in the 1980s as it has been in the 2000s. Ots in 2010. So he was a great on-base percentage guy. Now I'm going to give him my vote. That that sort of thing. So I've come around on that aspect of it. But like this whole unanimous, not unanimous thing. And Mariano is the only, as of now, unanimous guy. It's just ridiculous because all of those guys I listed are just unquestionably Hall of Famers. I think what though though what we're seeing is that because Mo got it last year. There will be others, and and Jeter. I mean, one one guy short of being unanimous, he was that damn close to doing yeah. it because everybody else was like, "Yeah, he's he's in." Now that it's been broken, I think those other people who are on the fence will continue to vote for the guys, just so that the unanimous thing is not there anymore. Yeah. Once that's gone, I think it changed a lot of people's perspective on the way that, the way that they approached that aspect of the failed, flawed voting system. Any of those guys I mentioned in your mind not deserving? Oh, they're all of Hall of Famers. I, I mean, it's to me the Hall of Fame is just such a like immediately the first ballot guys are just like a gut guy. Yeah, like, it's a gut. You, it's a gut. You know who it is. He might. Derek Jeter. And all not of those the, are absolute, no doubt, Hall of Famers. Derek Jeter's not the best shortstop of all time. He's not the best player of his era. But in your gut, you just know he's a Hall of Famer. So. Yeah. Um, and I get some other Jeter news, obviously, because the Super Bowl is going on in Miami this week. We're recording the uh, mid-afternoon before the Super Bowl. So congratulations to the 49ers. Congratulations to the is Kansas it? City Chiefs. And we'll just cut, edit it. We'll, we'll just cut and edit, <laughs> edit one of those in. Who do you have on that before we get to this, uh, this little party? So uh, and another thing is I have I've sort of like mentally checked out after the Patriots it's, lost and I went on vacation. I was just like, I don't, haven't really been following football. Here's my 10,000. You know what the teams are. Yeah, 30,000 uh, above the fold view. The best player on the field is, is Mahomes. So... He's the best player, but the best team, I think, is the Niners. They've been the best team all year. Complete, complete team. And I know Garoppolo has just been managing games, and maybe he's going to have to throw more because the Chiefs are 
a better offense than they faced on the road to the Super Bowl. But I'm going to take the best team, so I'll take the 49ers. Okay, low scoring or uh, high scoring or what? In the 20s, I think. In the 20s. All right, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Chiefs, and I'm going to go um, uh, 34-27. I mean, so that's, that's I mean, so it's a good game though, a one score game. Yeah, I think if they have to put it in Garoppolo's hands at the end, we, we it'll be. Um, I think if they can control Kittle, then it'll be a very it'll be an interesting game because I think the um, Kansas City is going to score points. You know, Garoppolo that has the second most fourth quarter comebacks in the NFL this yeah, year. Yeah, I know. So you yeah, say? I mean, it does seem like they don't trust him because they let him throw. Was it eight times? No, it's game, game plan. It's all about game plan. Right. Shanahan's all game. But plan you, but I mean, I think he is capable of of throwing and winning a game. Yeah, possibly. I think Mahomes at towards no, the end Mahomes of the game the too. If player. that defense is if that defense is tired, the speed of Kansas City, I think, is going to show at the end of the game. Yeah. So we'll see who's right. Uh, the Jeter the Turn Two Foundation had a party in Miami, and Judge Tino, CC, and Posada were all there. But the fact that Judge is there, I think, is interesting because yes, yeah, CC, Tino, Posada, Jeter played with all those guys. Tino is one of his best friends. Jorge Posada was, I believe. Posada, Jeter was Posada's best man, I believe. Posada and Tino, I think, are both in the Marlins organization right now. I know They're Posada both... is. I didn't think Tino was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Tino's there too. Okay, I thought Tino was there. Uh, there's another. There's one more. I think it's Tino. But either way, there's they're they're all very close. They all have we've seen vacations in Puerto Rico with these guys before too. I'm a little embarrassed to admit the pants tent I got when I saw the fact that Judge and Jeter oh. were there. The the picture of them of doing yeah. the bro handshake is like yeah, okay, guys, let's go, let's go. <laughs> yeah, so. I like it. Well, Judge Judge and CC are friends, right? Like there's a yep. there's you see them at Knicks games or Nets games or wherever they're going. Um, so you see them hanging out and then. I think that Judge was probably down in Super Bowl because he has yeah. some endorsement things happening and all that. So it was a natural thing. Of course, he's going to go to the party with Jeter. Jeter, Jeter still knows what he's doing. This whole next year for Jeter is going to be Yankees, Yankees, Yankees. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to be the Marlins thing. But now that he's out of the Players Tribune because he sold that, um, he's still pushing editorial through it. Uh, but you know, it's it's oh, going to be a full year of him being spotlighted as a New York Yankee, not a Florida Marlin. Someone actually, I forget if they tweeted me this question or if I just saw it on Twitter. It's had to have been sarcastic, but will Jeter wear a Yankees hat and in his induction ceremony because he's currently representing the Marlins? I was like, is that a real, do, are people honestly debating this? Like, do they, I don't think they wear hats though when they're doing that, do they? Do they actually physically wear the hat or do they uh, wear that? Maybe, the hall? maybe they don't know that I'm. I don't think they do. I think they, they wear the like Hall of Fame jersey. Look. I thought they have like, there's a photo op with the hat. I know maybe when they're talking, they're not, but I thought there's always a photo op. I'm with sure hats if on. there is, and I'm sure there would be no issues. Of course there would be no issues. There would be, why, would no there, issues? why would there be issues? Someone, people were talking about, oh, would he, would he go in the Hall of Fame? I was like, shut up. Just stop. First of all, he didn't play for anybody else. <laughs> right, right. So. He's not going in the Hall of Fame as an owner. <laughs> yeah, certainly not. Not yet. He's going to have to do no. a little bit better uh, than, of a job that he's done so far if he wants to get in the Hall of Fame as an owner. Lots of time for that. Lots of time for that. Yeah. And, and I don't know if people have not gone back and listened to the, the top five moments that we did, that episode we did, and, and the videos that Christian put together. They're up on the website and on Facebook. Um, I, I, the videos came out great. I had a lot of fun doing that episode and i feel like people agreed with our top five list yeah i mean i think there's a pretty general concern you know maybe they flip-flop things around a little bit but but for the most part those are those are it i mean it's 
I, th- I don't think it's that difficult to dispute that those five are the top five. It's just a matter of where you put them, D- depending on how you th- how you feel about the accolades and those moments compared to when things happen in big games. You know, like where's your stance on that? I think will determine where what your order is. Yeah. So in some, but other- the fact that the but the fact that the number one that we had flip was such a crucial pivotal point in the series in the post game in a postseason game when they were down in an elimination game. Just like made that just such a, a bigger magnitude of a moment um, because of, you know, that's what they're playing for. They're playing for for those things, whereas the other ones were milestones, a, a few of them. He went to MLB Network, Jeter did, to break down the flip play. So that sort of gave me validation that that is the number one moment in his career. Yeah, I liked it. Some more, some current up-to-date Yankees news, I guess we'll call it news or rumors. So Nolan Arenado is still out there on the trade block. Um, there's a bunch of teams linked to him. I, I don't know. I don't see this happening, but we'll talk about it. So his current contract is for seven more years at $234 million total. He has uh, bonuses in there available if he finishes in the top five of MVP each of those years. And he has an opt-out after 2021. It's a less contract than Rendon got, just got, and Arenado's a better player. So you can look at it that yeah. way. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, when you see Vegas odds on it and that the Yankees are leading the Vegas odds, there's something there. You can't ignore that. When Vegas puts the best odds on, on a team like the Yankees, there's something going on. There's there's talking happening. They know something. Um, so it's not like the Yankees are out of this. Like, I didn't even think this would be a real real thing. When I saw those Vegas odds, I'm like, okay, there's at least some smoke here. There's something. Um, and the fact that I know Aaron Addo has talked about wearing pinstripes in the past, yada, yada, yada. Uh, we'll see what happens because... I mean, that would be an unbelievable, unbelievable thing. They're, they would have to give up a, a, a very, very hefty, um, a very hefty package of prospects, I think, for this to go down. Well, uh, but it's, it's, this seems like fake news, honestly. It doesn't seem like it's a real thing. Seems like it's fake news. But then again, so did uh, Stanton when that was going down, too. So, see, you say they're going to have to give up a he- hefty price for him. And yeah, they're not going to get him for nothing. It's not going to be like Stanton literally just for money. But the only reason the Rockies are talking about trading him is to offload money. So if the Yankees yeah. are willing to take on his $35 million a year salary, it's not going to be five top 10 prospects out of their organization. It's going to no. be one or two major league players, probably Miguel Andujar, because they're going to want to replace a third baseman. Maybe it's also Clint Frazier, because at this point, he's a major league ready bat who you can just throw into a deal. And it's probably, in my opinion, two of, top, of their top 10 prospects, not named uh, Jason Dominguez. Yeah, I could see that. Well, I think the prospects are gonna are gonna go down to. It's gonna be look if this happens, every team that's involved is gonna have to take money, like a significant chunk of money, if not all of the money, right? And then you're gonna line up who's got the better prospects, who can give us the best package. And to to the Yankees' credit for what they have right now, they definitely do have two young guys who could go out there and play on a major league roster right now and be impactful bats at least. Um, both are suspect in the field. That would be interesting at, uh, in Colorado, but. They do have two major league guys that are ready, and they have a whole bunch of, uh, of arms. And even if you don't go top 10, if you start going 10 to 20, I was talking with Badler about this uh, last week when, when I had him on. The Yankees are very, very deep in hard-throwing right-handed pitching. Very deep. And those pitchers These are a little bit— international pools. They're a little bit further away, so they're a little bit higher-risk prospect. But you can even talk about someone like Michael King, who now I'm a huge fan of, so I don't want the Yankees to trade him. But the Rockies could look at Michael King and say, this is a back end of a rotation starter for 2020. With with yeah. some upside, you know, so you could see guys like that being discussed in a trade like this. I I, I just have a feeling when you're looking at the the Rockies for as many um, potential arms as the Yankees have, 
they're going to be going after a lot of arms, right? Like arms over, and even if it's not one of the Andujar or Frazier, uh, you know, they're going to go after like a Devi Garcia. They're going to go after um, some of these, uh, a Medina, like some of these top guys that the Yankees have coming up. I think that's who they're going to go after because what we've seen in Colorado is that they can have offensive teams, no problem. That, that's, that's been there. They've never had pitching. But how would so you they not load- get Andujar in that deal? Like that just makes too much I- sense. But they're going to have to load it up with pitching, I think. Yeah. If I'm the Rockies, that's what they're going for. And, yep. you know, depending on when you're looking at these teams who are in the mix, who's got the best pitching in the system that is, you know, affordable to, to, to get out of here. So you, you look at guys like King and Davey Garcia. Um, Jordan Montgomery is another guy who's major league ready. Mm-hmm. Number you know, Davey Garcia, Debbie Garcia I, I put in a separate category because he has higher ceiling than, than King and Montgomery. Maybe a lot of not unless you put him in the bullpen. If you if you think Davey Garcia is a bullpen arm, possibly is there he's but, their he's their number one or number two prospect right now in the organization, depending on rankings. Yes, I understand that. But if Jordan Montgomery was a prospect, he would be probably number one or two as well. He would be way up there. Wow, uh, Clark never, Schmidt, maybe okay. Clark Schmidt has gone all the way up. Uh, they Baseball America has him at two right now, mm-hmm. ahead of Davey Garcia. So there, there's just some interest. There's a lot of arms that at, uh, in the Yankee system right now that couldn't that could be used as trade bait. And I think that's what Colorado's going to be looking for. So that makes it interesting to me. Plus, you're right. They have major league ready position players that don't really have a spot. Question to you. Question to everybody out there. Would you take on Arenado, fantastic player, maybe second best all-around player in baseball, plus all of that salary for the package we just discussed? We just discussed a bunch of packages, but yeah, I would Would you give up? Would it. you give up major league ready players plus a few prospects? Yes, because you're, you're, you're putting them in the same position. <laughs> It's it's not you're, even, you're it's going not even to a, a third question base. in my mind. You do this it's, deal. He's of course arguably he's a tremendous player, the second best player behind Trout in baseball, and he's a vacuum. He's so good. He's so damn. He's good. so good. And so that's why this this sounds so fake. Like the fact that they're even that Nolan Arenado at this point, we're you know February second, February third, Nolan Arenado being traded to the Yankees is like kind of a thing. But they'd have too many right-handed hitters, Scott. Yeah, there's a lot of right-handed hitters. They would have a vacuum. <laughs> but they, but vacuum. again, I go back to, can those right-handed hitters hit lefties and righties? Yes. Then who cares? Right. Who cares? Uh, yeah, you make that deal. There of course some, you make that deal. Joe Rondazzo put up a blog today on the site, but there was some trolling by ESPN when they ranked the offenses in baseball for 2020, and they projected the Yankees to have the ninth best offense. Ahead of the Yankees were teams like the Mets and the Angels and the Oakland A's and there was one other team, oh, the Cubs, who have struggled the last few years in offense. And I'm just like, what criteria did the geniuses at ESPN come up with to fudge these numbers so they can get people to click on their troll blog? Because that's all that was. And that's if, all that was. But if you add Nolan Arenado to an already, in my opinion, top three maybe offense they'll be in baseball. Seven. Maybe they'll be number seven. Yeah, maybe they'll bump up to number eight or number seven. Um, so speaking of Andujar... There's actual reports now that they're going to experiment with him at first base and left field in spring training. We've discussed this a hundred times as just like common sense. It makes sense to do this. But now there's actual reports about this. And yeah, it's smart. But I, it's my question is maybe they've already instructed Andujar on getting work in the offseason. I would hope they have because I don't think you can learn a new position in February and March. <clears throat> no, I think that they're, they've probably told him to work on some things. You know, I'm sure they've communicated that. And then, you know, now he's, he hasn't had gameplay, so you can't, you can't really simulate that. You know, you can, you can do all the working you want. You can do all the drilling you want, but gameplay is a totally different animal. So if they do it, look, I don't, I don't extend that. I don't expect them to do a lot. I think we'll see it like very infrequently, maybe on split squad type stuff, but 
Um, Do you want to know my theory? All, all this is is to just you know make him more flexible for a trade. Probably that's me. That's my theory. I mean, it's so clear though. It's that's exactly what it well, is. Well, it's also he, they're trying to improve his value as much as they possibly can. It's also for teams that so. Brian Cashman can't get strong armed into just giving up Andujar for nothing because if a team's saying, "Well, what are you going to use? What are you going to do with Andujar? He's a bad third baseman, and he's well." Now Cashman can say he's going to be left field. He's going to play first base. He's going to be all over the place. So yeah, it's maybe he's value such a for good defender team. that we're going to play him in three positions. Yeah, he, if he if he can't handle one position, why couldn't he handle three positions? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's I mean it's it's a thing like if he's going to be on the team, if he's going to be on the uh, twenty five man twenty six man roster, then they're going to have to figure out what to do with him. They're going to have to figure out to get that bat in play at some point because it's a good bat. You want the bat in play. How are you going to do that? Well, are you going to do it a third consistently? Is Gio going to um, you know, re- stay consistent to what he was last year? Are we going to see a, a major drop-off? Or is first base going to be a problem? Left field, is there's question marks, but especially with center field. There's health question a, uh, marks. There's health and stability question marks in left field. There's not question marks with talent. No, there's not question marks with talent, but there's... There's issues on plugging people in on a daily basis. So having another guy to potentially fit in there. Look, it's not happening. Yankee Stadium left field is potentially the hardest left field in baseball. Yeah, I know. I don't I don't see him going out there and playing left field. I first base, if he could figure out the footwork, he doesn't have to throw, it takes half of it out. If you could figure out the footwork, which I think was his biggest problem at third base, then maybe. But um I you know, I don't really see it happening much, honestly. I think he's gonna DH. I think we'll see him at third base a little bit. Otherwise, he's getting traded. I, I really think he's. They're trying to trade him. Yeah, yeah. And the bat plays so. And and maybe a National League team would be willing to trade for Andujar, but I also think an American League team. You have to be more interested if you're an American League team because of the DH. Because if he can't handle a position, you can at least stick him at DH and know he'll hit as a fallback. Right. But a National League team, unless the in the new CBA the DH comes in, you can't bank on that. No, it's a, it's a much tougher play for a National League team, but you have to then just either live with the defense and uh, and know what you're getting with the bat. And you obviously have a uh, one one more hefty than the other. You're you're leaning on that bat, and you know I I still think he's going to be he can be an average defender. And if you know if there's teams out there, if there are scouts out there that believe that, that he's got a lot of value. Yeah, a couple other news nuggets from around the league that I found interesting as I was reacclimating to life in the non-vacation land. Is so new for the 2020 MLB season, much like NFL referees have done for years. Umpires will be mic'd up and tell fans in attendance and those watching on television and listening on the radio if reviewed calls are upheld, if reviewed if reviewed calls and upheld or overturned. They may explain rules if necessary. So we get to hear the geniuses behind the 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 blue masks. This is going to be interesting. I think. I think them talking to people is going to be very. Nobody talks to anybody in a baseball. No. In a baseball game. Yeah, I find the it. The only find guy that's weird. talking. This is going to be The only weird. guy that's talking is the is the guy that's announcing the um the pitcher, and the people who are coming up to bat. That's it. So let's great. This nobody else talks. What I'm seeing from this is replay already takes too long and already think too many things are being challenged. Let's add some more time when a fat bumbling Joe West comes up and turns on his microphone <laughs> and tries to explain why the guy's foot was off the bag by a centimeter. How many times, how long does it take him to figure out how to turn the microphone? On? <laughs> exactly. Of course, it's going to be a freaking joke. And this is not going to, people are like, oh, they're going to be mic'd up. So we're going to hear everything on, on television. No, they're not going to be mic'd up, just mic'd up. It's going to be so they can explain their dumb logic for not overcalling or, or overturning something. 
Yeah, but you don't think those mics are going to be uh, hot to somebody? I bet they are. Hot to somebody. I bet they'll be on somewhere. Not hot to us. I know, but then th- th- I'm just saying, like, then that audio is there somewhere. Yeah, it'll be, it's a, somewhere, it'll be available somewhere in the archives point. along with the replay challenges and all that stuff in, in, in a back room now with two guards instead of one that can be paid off. Now two so guards are, are, so are they, paid off. So now are, are they going to do like public speaking lessons for these guys? Because that's kind of a big you're going out there and now you're going to talk to 60,000 fans. Mm-hmm. You, you not only have to call a game, but you're going to go out and address 60,000 fans like that you're could gonna, be nerve wracking. Succinct. They're going to I mean, are they going to talk? Are they going to speak eloquently? Are they going to talk to people? Or are they going to like why be so nervous to talk on the why is on MLB the loudspeaker? Doing this? What is this solving? What is this for? Transparency? Is it for transparency? Because so many people complained about uh, about umpires last year that this is for transparency. I guess it's some someone to blame, somebody here to blame. Did the umpires? Did it, it makes them more on. real. Did the umpires? Because actually, maybe I just figured it out. Umpires know robo umpires are, are a thing. They're coming. So in order yes. to get more job security, they, they need we'll more things to do. Umpires need more Robots jobs. can talk. Robots can talk. That's true. Siri can explain why something wasn't over there. Yes, probably way better than Joe West. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait. Because, of course, whatever they implement, it's going to be a complete just mess. Of course it is. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to work seamlessly because it's baseball. The other thing I wanted to discuss was the fact that uh, Mookie Betts Reports are that they're they're close to a, the Red Sox are close to a Mookie Betts trade with the Dodgers, most likely, possibly the Padres as well. I've heard theories that the Dodgers are waiting to announce Mookie Betts' contract until after the Kobe stuff has a little bit more time to breathe. Right. I mean, I could definitely see that they're they're they have a in, you know uh, a situation that that nobody really knows how to handle at this point. So uh, if that were to be the thing and it's already done, I could see them doing that. But this is just another, that aside, like the the announcement, if this does go down, which it seems like it's going to, yeah. because Mookie Betts just keeps turning down deals from the Red Sox. Um, well, so the Red Sox it's, reportedly it's just another, offered Betts another a, opportunity. Re, the Red Sox reportedly offered Betts a 10-year, $300 million contract sometime over the past year. And Betts is now asking for Mike Trout money, which is 12 years, $420 million. Maybe not Mike Trout money, but maybe 11 years, $390 million or something like that. Something much larger than what 10 and 300 is, which is what I believe Machado got, right? Did Machado get 10 and 300? Yeah, he got a lot. It was, it was right around, I think it was right around $30 million. The, uh, the thing is, is that I think he's giving, he's asking for this number right now just to just to tell the Red Sox to go f off. Yeah, if you're <laughs> willing to pay me Mike Trout money, I'll take it. But I know you're not going to pay don't me Mike play, Trout money. I don't want to play here, so I'm going to say this number. Yeah, because I know you're not going to pay it. Right. But I'm going to say it now because now it's out there in in, in the world and in, in the uh, in the universe, so, so that people can understand how much I want. Yep. But I know you're not going to pay it. Yeah, and when he is a free agent in next season, teams know. Okay, we're going to have to pony up for you. Yeah. No, it's a it's a complete strong arm move from from Mookie just saying I'm not I don't want to be here anymore I th- and I think that it's just a matter of if the Red Sox are willing to sit on that for you know however long or take the Dodgers deal or whatever it is and it I might saw be... reports this morning that price might not be involved yeah, I've or, seen two different I, I really I this is what's gonna bother me I don't care I want Mookie bets out of the AL East thousand percent right good thing for us but I don't want them to be uh taken away from them from that David price contract I don't want that to happen yeah I don't the either. Red Sox need to ha- keep these long contracts and 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 eat them and deal with them because I'm sick of the Dodgers coming in and just bailing them out every time. The last time it was 
the Magic Johnson Dodgers swooping in and taking Adrian Gonzalez's terrible contract, Josh Beckett's terrible contract, and Carl Crawford's terrible contract for basically a bucket of balls equivalent. Aren't to they still the Magic Johnson Dodgers? He's still an owner. No, he's not. He sold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, it was a I conflict. I believe he had to sell because it was a conflict of interest with Lakers or something. Well, he's not. He's not with the Lakers anymore. That was that was very short. I think he um, so maybe he still owns some percentage of the Dodgers, but he's no longer controlling baseball operations. Andrew Freeman right. controls baseball operations. Yes, yes, and yes Andrew but he's Freeman still an owner. That's what is, is one of the smartest minds in baseball. So I don't think they're yeah. going to be as stupid as they were ten years ago when they offloaded all that crap contract from the Red Sox. I have to hope so. I have to hope they're not going to just take on the rest of Price's contract unless they're like, well, Price will be a pretty good pitcher, especially in the National League. We just lost Ryu, so we're getting Mookie Best for a year. Going to try and re-sign him. We'll get David Price, who will be a solid pitcher, especially when no one cares what he's doing. He can play Fortnite all he wants, and then fine, he'll be a, a pretty average pitcher, and we don't have to give up prospects for... For Mookie I mean, Betts, one was, of the best players, top five player in baseball. Yeah, we'll see what happens with them, but it's just gonna—it's it's still gonna bother me no matter what because it's the Dodgers again doing this with the Red Sox. It's like every single time we need a—we need a favor, we need a bailout. I'm going over to the Dodgers and uh, talk to our boys and see what they can do for us. Oh, we're oh, we're completely resetting the system now. Awesome, great. Yeah, I know. Last thing, Curtis Granderson retired. One of the best guys, all-around guys in baseball. I think um, no one has really any bad words to say about Curtis Granderson. But what I wanted to talk about was I sort of went back and revisited that trade of Curtis Granderson. And when I read the trade, my jaw hit the floor. You ready for this? December 8, 2009, traded as part of a three-team deal between the Tigers, the Yankees, and the Diamondbacks. Detroit sent Edwin Jackson to Arizona. New York sent Phil Coke and Austin Jackson to Detroit. New York sent Ian Kennedy to Arizona. Arizona sent Max Scherzer and Daniel Schler to the Detroit Tigers. Detroit friggin' stole this trade. My God, did they win this trade when you look back on what has happened over the last 10 years. I mean, when you look at when you look at the numbers, and I know Austin Jackson and Curtis Grandison's numbers are... Are, not are, that are different. Not what people expect. I know, but to me, when you're looking at what the Yankees did in this deal, they, they knew what they were doing in the sense, I think, where they were trying to get a veteran guy, a little bit more pop. That's what they, they An did. An all get star that. caliber center fielder with power that you can plug into Yankee Stadium. And we saw that evolve because in 2011, after Kevin Long got into Curtis Granderson and was like, hey, stop swinging at every off speed pitch in the dirt, he had a monster season. He hit 41 home runs with a 146 WRC plus and finished fourth in MVP voting. That's what Brian Cashman was envisioning when he made that trade. Yeah. yeah. And he did it, and it was a good deal. The fact that the Arizona Diamondbacks so gave up Max Scherzer. Um, and then uh, Schlereth, that stinks kid, uh, Mark Schlereth's kid, did, never did anything. Um, but yeah, they, they gave up Max Scherzer. And they got back Edwin Jackson, who's still, I think, making the rounds. And Ian Kennedy, who got way overpaid in uh, Kansas City. So uh, when yeah. you break it down by total, war, total value by war, the Yankees ended up getting four years of Curtis Granderson, which totaled 15 war. Arizona got one year of Edwin Jackson and four years of Ian Kennedy, totaled 8.4 war. Detroit got five years of Phil Coke, Austin Jackson, and Max Scherzer, and three years of Daniel Schlereth, totaling 56.7 war. And you might think that's all Max Scherzer. Edwin Jackson outwarded Curtis Granderson between 2010 and 2014. Uh, you mean Austin Jackson? 
uh, Austin Jackson outward Curtis Granderson, same position, center field, 20.6 to 16.2. A lot of yeah. that is because Jackson was a really, really good defensive player. Right. But when you're looking at just war, value war, Austin Jackson was a good player. Yeah, he was he was a he was a good player. It was um I think the more of the fit and what they were the Yankees were looking for for Grandison. It was a different he's a different type of player than uh than Austin Jackson. So, um I'm very happy. Look, there were there were I saw some people getting on Grandison cuz he made like the, you know, the New York Mets comment, New York the Mets are the uh, city City's team or whatever. I don't know. I don't remember when he World said that. Did he, run. I, did he say that when he was on the team? Yeah, it was during the World Series run. Okay. The um. So whatever. I, I really could care less. Granderson says the right thing to the to the people in front of him all the time. He's a good dude. He does a lot of things for kids. Like he's going to be a guy that's. We're probably going to see him around baseball. Uh, you know, in the media for a very long time. I, I would assume. Um, he's just a good dude, man. I, I was uh, I was super. I was a, a Curtis Granderson fan. I was happy that he was on the team. And uh, yeah, I was actually sad to see him go when he left. <laughs> Stupid Arizona, though. My God. All right, let's get to some mailbag questions before we close this episode out. The first one is from Chris M. Seeing that Bonds and Clemens did not get in again because of their involvement with steroids, do you think it's this is something that the Astros, Altuve, Bregman, etc., may deal with in the future, or will it just be forgotten? Could it cause issues for Carlos Beltran, who may be thought of as a future Hall of Famer? Um, so I don't think, I don't think Beltron, I don't think it'll have anything to do with Beltron because I think Beltron was, I mean, he was a twilight player at that time. It didn't really matter. I don't think the, I don't think the, him winning the world series has any, uh, dependency of, of his hall of fame candidacy. I think that's all of the hall of fame candidacy is before that. So I don't think it changes him much. Altuve and Bregman, I think that the, we will see what happens with that. And it's so long um, think, down the road. It, yeah. The jury is very, very much out because the jury's not even out yet. The jury hasn't even been assembled because these guys are still in the middle of yeah, their Yeah, they're careers. not locked Altuve, to be Hall of Famers at this point. Altuve is probably on that trajectory. Bregman is also you know, probably up on num- that trajectory. Putting you, up numbers. They're, you, 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 you assume when you look back at this 10 years of their career, they're some of the best players in baseball. So yeah, they're on that trajectory. Yes. And yeah. I think it'll be part of the conversation. I disagree with you. I think it will affect Carlos Beltran's candidacy. I don't. I think people, writers are going to... Because it didn't affect his numbers. It didn't affect his numbers. The reason but, why these okay. guys are, so, these steroid guys are affected is because it affected their numbers. Yep. And, and what is part of when you're evaluating, if a guy did steroids, part of what you're evaluating is what seasons were affected? How much were his numbers affected? We know Carlos Beltran was one of the orchestrators of this 2017 cheating scandal. What if he was orchestrating it back in 2014 when uh, supposedly the Yankees started doing it which is when the thing was implemented. It's just conveniently, it's, that's the first year of Carlos Beltran. It's just, it's not, it's not as clear cut as it is with steroids where it's one individual player and you see the spikes. I don't still think it's as clear cut because this is such a team thing. It's a more long-term orchestrated plan that it's not, it's not the same. Uh, so I don't think that it's going to really come down to it. You know, that's, that's me standing here right now. Who knows what the hell comes out, you know, in the next five five years within the next five years if there's more that comes out then yeah but otherwise if it's just an isolated incident and 2017 was there and he was a part-time player not going to affect it i think carlos beltran was definitely going to get into the hall of fame i think writers love carlos beltran and he was most likely still going to be the manager of the Mets. so i was gonna i was actually kind of interested to see how that all played out where a current manager of a team on his first ballot is getting voted into the hall of fame that would have been i think a first yeah, because all this would have been talked about too. It would have been very interesting 
seeing him do that, I'm surprised, honestly, that he went away um, and didn't continue it. Maybe, maybe the, the 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 Hall of Fame voting down the road is something that he was thinking about as well. Potentially, that this could be a just get out of the news of now, so I can then get into the Hall of Fame in five years or six years I, or whenever it, it is, whenever he comes up. It's it's just it's one of those things that you never know. But the um, I'm surprised Beltron. Uh, from from what it sounds like, Beltron wanted to stay, and he's like, I can ride this out. It's you know. I don't know if it's him being arrogant again or him just saying like, it's, I didn't really have as much as you think to do with this, whatever, like nothing can be coming out about that anymore. I can ride this out. Has nothing to do with me, what I'm doing here. And I'm surprised the Mets didn't just let it go. I think if Beltran had already been the manager, say Beltran was the manager last year, I think he would have stayed. But the fact that he has had still yet to even get to spring training in his first year of managing, that was going to be the topic of, that was going to be all the questions on his first press conference in spring training as a new manager of a new baseball team. Hey, yep. what happened in 2017? Not, hey, how does your team look for this year? I think that is part of it. Yeah, it's just, I think it's fascinating that the Mets can bury themselves right in the middle of a scandal. One of the biggest scandals in baseball. I know they didn't even do anything, but of course don't even try to do anything. Let's just hire this guy, not do the research that we're supposed to not find out. Everyone loved that hire. Everyone was like, Oh my God, Mets finally made a good decision. Carlos Beltran, one of the best baseball guys around. Nope. Cheater. Classic Mets. Classic Mets. (laughs) Alex F asks, what happens to the uh, competitive balance pick the Yankees are supposed to give to Houston for Cole since they've lost their picks for the first two rounds? Easy answer on this one. Nothing. That competitive balance (laughs) pick is number 74 for Houston, which ends up being their, would have been their third pick. So it's now just their first pick. Nothing happens to that pick. Yankees. It's a compensation round anyway. It doesn't have any effect with with those first two. It's different. It, yeah, but wasn't it worded that the Astros lose their first two picks, not first two rounds? So if one of their first picks happened to be compensation, then they would have lost that pick. It's just first two picks. Yeah, it, it was. It, I didn't. Uh, it's not first two rounds. It's language. first two draft picks. Wherever they. Either fall. way, the the compensation round is not a round. No, but it's a draft pick, and that's what the Astros lost. So that pick would have just evaporated into thin air because the Yankees don't get it. But say the Astros lost their first three picks, they would have lost pick number 74, but the Yankees would not have gotten pick 74. It sort of just evaporates and you move on. The Yankees the, would never have had 74. Once that trade happened, yep. that, that pick was the gone. The signing, so for signing Garrett Cole, the Yankees, this is what happens. The Yankees, for signing Garrett Cole, New York exceeded the luxury tax threshold in 2019. They give up their second and fifth round picks in the 2020 draft. AKA their second and fifth highest selections. The Yankees also gave up 1 million in funds from their international signing money. Those are the additional penalties for signing Garrett Cole to the Yankees. Yeah. Which you'll gladly pay for Garrett Cole in addition to $324 million. All right. Do you, do you think, do you think Garrett Cole, what's your opinion on this? Do you think Garrett Cole has some explaining to do to the New York media come spring training about this whole thing? He will be asked the question, and I think he should answer it truthfully because once you start dodging questions to the New York media, that gets you off on a bad foot. Do you think he does? Do I think he does what? That he answers these questions in in a way that is um, enough for Yankees fans to hear what he's saying and be like, oh, okay. Probably not, but he should. I'm wondering if it, I'm wondering if this, because I don't think many Yankees fans care about it at all right now and while, while they shouldn't, um, I don't think that I think that if, if it were addressed and he were to address it, that he could actually make it way worse for himself than than not 
than just almost avoiding like skirting it, it a little bit. Well, we've not, seen not like, avoiding it, but giving giving more of like a a, a, a very PC answer. Well, we've like, seen it, like Keuchel have a a non-apology apology, and Justin Verlander have those douchebag comments at the awards dinner. But the Yankees, but the Yankees and the Yankees media and and the even the Yankees media, honestly, and the Yankees fans want him so badly to do well that we're like, oh yeah, okay, all right. I feel like my, I feel like his, in his position, a PC answer would actually bury it. Maybe, I, I, whereas a real answer would bring it back up. It's always my opinion: if you're truthful to the media, that's the best course of action because people relate to the truth. People forgive yeah. the truth. And, and yeah, and once you start, how much once you start trying to, you can you can say truth, but it's a matter of how much truth you want to give. Okay, what if Cole said something like? I think it was wrong what happened and I apologize for blah, 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 but I'm just focused on 2020 and trying to win a world series with the Yankees. Yeah. He addresses that's, that's, it. That's he apologizes. That's the type for of it. answer that I'm he doesn't about. try and I, deny that. He I don't had, think he needs to apologize for it. I don't think he's going to apologize. Okay. Not, for but uh, acknowledge that he knew about it. Cause there's no way he didn't know about it. Although he was not on the team in 2017. Right. So why would he know about it? 18, 19. They're doing yeah, something but, then too. I know, but all this was focused on 17. So that's the thing. Like, I think he could avoid it. I think he's 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 damn close to. So being I got to be honest. It. I just as I was talking through that, remembered that Cole wasn't on the 2017 Astros. So maybe that changes my opinion if he's going to address it. But like you said, the, it's not like it's not like there weren't things that lingered beyond that. There I mean, been. there were things. I mean, they they knew what was happening. You look at the World Series and what was going on with the Nationals and the amount of signs that they had to change. Like, do you the think there are buzzers? Do they using buzzers? Yes. I do. I think all the pictures that people are seeing are not the, the what any not little it. bold any little bulge <laughs> in a jersey is not. I a love pleasure. I love the best parts. The best ones are the are, are when people go back and find like that little bulge on Babe Ruth. I saw someone find a bulge on uh, uh, Big Al yeah. who hits dingers. <laughs> that was my favorite one. <laughs> there, there's just some really good ones. So you can find them on pretty much everybody. So do you think that Altuve r- rounding the bases and telling his teammates not to rip off his jersey was because he had a buzzer underneath? I think he had something. There's something. There was something he didn't want to be. There was something on his person that he didn't want if, out. If you yeah. had a buzzer on your chest, why would you not have like an Under Armour shirt over that so it would cover it? You know what I mean? Just a matter of being comfortable to play. I think there's certain levels you still have to be comfortable to play, not not being uh, disrupted in in the in the motion or the way that you do things. I don't know. Again, they were very arrogant. It's very it's very hard to look at what they were doing with any kind of. Uh, you know, common sense and real and realism and like w- try to get into their heads and why they did things because what it looks like is so utterly ridiculous that these guys were just so untouchable in their own minds. I don't think anything mattered. If it comes out that Bregman, Correa, the, the main Astros players were using buzzers, do you think baseball will suspend the players? I think they have to. Because they already, I think they, I, already say I think, we have no evidence that supports anything yes. beyond 17. I mean, that's yes. just him trying to control the narrative. But what if there's like unequivocal evidence that comes out? Some other guy blows a whistle or something happens where you cannot deny he used a buzzer. I think then you have to suspend the players. Because what else are you going to do? If there's damning evidence on the players on their side that they did something like that, then yes, you have to. I, I think this whole scandal with the banging and the signs, it's still it's still more of the orchestration of the actual plan rather than the the, the people who are involved with the plan. So it's the people that planned the plan. The, the ones that were actually the ones, the ringleaders of this were the ones because they can't prove, can't prove that, that somebody heard a trash can banging and hit a ball because of that. Can't prove that. 
so do you know how if you have your I have my cell phone always on vibrate. So it's always in my, my, my pants pocket. So if I get a text message or a phone call, I feel it vibrate. Do you ever get the phantom vibrations where it's like you, you, you swear you, heard, you felt a, vi- a vibrate, you look at your phone and nothing happened? So I wonder if the players, after using the buzzer so much, like a vibrating buzzer, they started feeling a phantom buzzer when like, oh, shit, a curveball's coming. Oh, crap, it was a 98 Monarch fastball. I wonder if that happened. Oh, I'm sure I messed with them on some occasions. That's a, isn't that I mean, the ironic thing is that it might not have actually helped them succeed? Oh, it, hel- oh, it helped them succeed. Uh, I, <laughs> it, it, did, I mean, it, it did. It helped them succeed. They were lights out at home. Lights out. Uh, yeah, as a team, they were lights out at home. That looks a little shady. But <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say it looks shady. But if, you, I mean, if you look at small sample sizes, it looks like it clearly helped them to succeed. If you look at larger sample sizes, they're pretty close home road splits. And there was an article on The Ringer uh, oh, uh, maybe a month ago that really dove into a lot of the numbers. You're not going to like the article, Scott. It's a nerdy article. But if you guys want to go, I don't remember what the, ty- what the article was called. But the conclusion was looking at the data, it did not help the Astros um, perform better. Okay. Um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I forgot to put this in the notes. I mentioned it on, on uh, one of the shows that I did. I forget. But there was some interesting stuff, and I'll send it to you because I haven't even said this to you yet. I'm just thinking of this, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, the, the, the seams on the ball. There's an article that I found when I was digging into things and looking at, like, you know, what the uh, what because Bauer, Trevor Bauer has been very outspoken about this whole thing. Right. Kind of kind of doing it in a way that's not saying it, but he's he's being very like, you know, he's, he's saying things, but not saying things. But he's also alluded to the fact that he thinks that the spin rate is a little fishy in the way that the Houston has done it um, and the you know, whatever's gone into that. So I was looking back at some things and I, I found a, uh, a Fangraphs article from earlier in the season in March and they were talking about 2019 March. Known, yes, that the Astros are using all these analytics and doing all these things um, and using these cameras, uh, but they're also have been experimenting with topical solutions. Mm. That's in there as well, that it's widely known that people know about it. So that's why it's very fishy to the fact that um, it, it's being it's getting harder and harder for anybody to get any information behind the closed doors of the Astros. So when I was looking back at this, I was like, topical solutions, uh, I started digging more into it. And I saw an article from um, 2018, uh, uh, I think it was, where it, they were talking about the topical solutions because they're talking about these um, exemptions, you know, the, the, the medical exemptions that players can get, like Chris Davis would get through uh, for Adderall. Mm-hmm. You can't take it. But if you have an exemption because of, you have ADHD, then you can take it for, for some cases. Well, there were some... That's the same thing now with like um, a clear Band-Aid, the, um, the stuff that you put on for blisters on the fingers, talking about like there were things that they used that pe- people got exemptions to use because blisters became such a problem in 2018, I think it was. There were like an insane amount of people that were getting blisters yeah. in that time. And the reason they were saying it was because the seams of the ball were too high. And so they the were seams insanely of the ball were too high? Too high. In 2018? I think it was 2018. I'll send you the article. But Rich Hill was talking about how unbelievably high they were, and they were cutting people's hands and the fingers were doing so that. It. Flies and that was in the, the year face we saw of everything sh- that we heard in 2019 that the seams are lower. <laughs> right. Marcus Stroman uh, had blisters. Um, uh, the other guy that was on the Astros or the uh, Toronto that got sent to the Astros um, had uh, blisters. Sanchez. They Aaron Sanchez. Uh, Rich Hill. There were a number of guys that had problems in 2018 with blisters. Like the percentages went up. Huh. 
So I'm wondering how many topical solutions were actually found when they were looking for this. Now these guys are going, some of them are in the Astros. They trade for Aaron Sanchez uh, at the end of the season. I'm just saying, there's some smoke there. There's some things going on with these topical solutions and these medical exemptions that I think Trevor Bauer knows knows exactly what's happening and what's going on and that they were experimenting. So this the is solution my conspiracy is, theory. So the, to, the, the solution is to prevent the blisters because the seams were too high in 2018. Well, the solution is to get the players back because of the blisters, I think. But what Richo was talking about that I thought was interesting, kind of a sidebar, was that the it was because of the laces were high. Huh. And they were cutting the player. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, wait a minute. This doesn't, this doesn't line up. If the, if the laces are high, why is he talking about this? Because the entire reason everybody's talking about the ball is juiced is because the laces are Are you sure are it's low. not from like 2016? I'll send you the article. I'll All find right. out again. But I think it was 2017, 18. I think it was 18. Um, yeah. I, don't know. I will read it. And uh, yeah, that sounds interesting. But it's, it is funny. Uh, so we briefly mentioned Dusty Baker, like bad hire, because he's like an old grandpa that doesn't understand anything in modern baseball. Maybe that's why the Astros hired him is so that they can just like he they won't. Dusty Baker won't understand anything they're doing. He's like, what, what, what's a what's a spin rate? Well, what's a WRC plus? What's a topical solution? What's a camera? No, your guy, you guys are good. Hit and run out there. Go hit and run. It's funny because I think the only thing that he would actually really get into is the, uh, you know, banging a trash can. He's all, he, he can, can understand that. that. Loud noises. He can do that. Dusty knows Look, loud I, noises. I, I think what they were doing here is, is, is kind of an extension of the firing. Is they were they're the PR move. They were getting rid of these guys. They were cleaning house, quote unquote, which is complete horseshit because there's still a lot of people that are involved. And then they bring in because they were interviewing Showalter, Dusty Baker. I'm happy they're they interviewing didn't hire Buck Showalter. He would have got that place in line. They they were they He's were a drill sergeant. High, they were going after these guys that are old school baseball guys that know are, are, are big. Buck's old school not an old guys. school baseball guy. He is. He's, he's talked about the analytics. Yes. He's, he's into the analytics. He's, he's a quirky guy. He's a different guy, but he's got an old school mentality. It, it's a very, it's a guy that, you know, is, has a very good reputation in baseball. Yep. And, and those, those, those type of, uh, I mean, I'd say this Dusty Baker's also in that rigid. Oh, Dusty like has he, a great reputation can, in baseball, but he can also draw a very hard line as far as with a player. So I don't know that the current they went Astros completely players, opposite. players they went respect completely Dusty opposite. Baker. I, I can't imagine they, they won't be able to relate to Dusty Baker. No, no, no. It has nothing. To, I'm not talking about the players. It's 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 That's the perception you're trying of to get in line. you're trying to get them in line. No, they're trying to get their perception of the organization in line. That's it. This is a PR move. We're bringing in Dusty Baker. <laughs> would, like, you, would you as Dusty a, Baker ain't cheating. Do you think if it is, it's going to be pine tar? You'll see it. Do you think as part of a penalty, they should have not been able to hire an external manager? I, I don't think you can do that. Why not? I just don't. I, I think that's. What, what does that do? I, I just don't know what that does. What if there's a very good candidate, and what if Joe Espada comes in and just dominates, <clears throat> and and is an extension of what Hinch was? Is that helping the problem, solving the problem in any way? No, I don't know. I've heard some creative ways that they could have. There's some creative fun ways. Yeah, you creative could do, funny ways that would never happen. But I don't know. Like that to me, that is also now you're messing with with the um, the ability for them to go out and hire a person that they yeah, want. Yeah, it's taking like a job. It's taking a potential job, paying job away, and and that's why um, like when before any of these punishments came out, people were talking about oh the Astros cannot they should not be able to allow allowed to be able to sign any free agents. The players are never going to agree to that because that. That's now one fewer team that player that takes too many jobs yeah. and too much salary away. I don't. I wouldn't agree with that. That I agree. Has with, way I, too many I negative ramifications. 
Right. No, you have to. I think the discipline has to happen with the individual players that are involved, not and fines and and you know international pool money, which they should have gutted. They should have done a lot. But that technically also takes. That's hurts players as as well. That's one less team that can spend money on international players. So when they unless they they, do they allocate those funds to everyone else. That's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering. I'm not sure about that. So the the total pool pool money is still the same. It's just one less team. I, that's that's my thinking, but if it, it may not be right. But if that's the case, then yes, that does hurt that uh, that organization and doesn't hurt the rest of it, which they should have done. They should have gutted that that part of it. What about taking some of them away, like they did with the Braves? Yeah, guys that you signed recently. Yeah, but this che- but this like, cheating scandal sh- didn't help them sign those international players. It doesn't so. matter. It doesn't matter. Yes, it did because it re- gave them revenue. What they should have done is they should have stunted the growth of the development of that team significantly. And I don't think they did that because I don't think when you think about it, like, okay, fine. The penalty was, was, was good. It was, was bad for the, for the manager and the GM who cares. I love how for the Astros, I love how you, you thought we were done talking about this. <laughs> it, it just pisses me off, man. It pissed the, the, the penalties pissed me off because it didn't do anything. And if it and if it did affect them with the the draft picks, if they were good enough to pick the right guy, and that guy projected along the longest possible development plan in, in pro sports, maybe in five to six years that could hurt them. Maybe. So maybe. I agree that the the penalties do not hurt the twenty twenty the twenty twenty Astros are still going to be one of the best teams in baseball. They just didn't hurt the organization very much. The and yeah, I, I agree with I agree with that statement overall. I was and this I was, was an coming, organizational problem. I was coming more from. Is it going to help prevent cheating, this cheating in the future? And while it maybe it doesn't completely rid it, I do think it's a step in the right direction. I just, here's the thing. You don't do a step in the right direction when you have a massive cheating scandal that ended in a World Series win. Ugh, a World Series win it. and then potentially another World Series appearance. Like the Dodgers, poor Dodgers, lost to the 2017 be, Astros and lost to the 2018 Red Sox. Right, you could, you could be, you, but who knows? At the end of the day, the when the smoke see, clears, this is the dominoes that fall. Who knows what the Dodgers were doing? Who knows what the Cubs are doing? Who knows what the Yankees are doing? Who knows what the Royals are doing? It's just like one thing after the, ro- the other. The Royals are not doing a very good job at it. If they need doing. to get better trash cans. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode. No out of left field on today's show, but we will be back with out of left field for next week's show. Spring training is right around the corner. We're going to be talking about grown men throwing baseballs back and forth. Pitchers and catchers, babies. They're coming. Yeah, they're coming. Get excited, people. We'll talk to you next Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.